Hey everybody, welcome into a solo episode of Can We Kick It? I'm your host Chuck. Mike is on his honeymoon this week, um, and we've got some special things being released this week and next week while he's out. But I wanted to drop in and do a quickie um, that I'm calling it. So we've been talking every week about Hot D, House of the Dragon on HBO, and this Sunday night we had episode 6 called The Princess and the Queen. So I felt we I should get on to talk about it, uh, do a little solo bolo, a little quickie about the episode, uh, just so we don't have a big gap since a lot of stuff, we've made some major jumps uh, since episode 5. So you got me by myself today, so I'm going to review the episode and give my insight. So um, this episode was called The Princess and the Queen. I would almost call it the second pilot. Well, and I think it's kind of the second pilot. So we have a major time jump, a 10-year time jump in this episode. We have new a new cast, basically. So we have a new actress uh, playing Rhaenyra, which is Emma D'Arcy. We have a new actress playing Alicent, Olivia Cook. And we have a new actor playing Lenor and Lena as well. I think it's the third Lena that we've had, um, the Sea Snake's daughter. But some of the cast remains the same. Matt Smith still remains Damon. Uh, Patty Constantine is still uh, Viserys. And we have a bunch of new characters introduced um, and a lot of different things. So uh, the episode starts with the Emma DRC new version of Rhaenyra giving birth uh, to what turns out to be her third child. So kind of gross but reflective of childbirth. Lots of squishy noises. Um as the, as the baby's coming out. Um, soon as she has a baby, Queen Alicent is requested to see the baby <laughs> in her chambers. And you can still sense her, even though we jumped 10 years ahead, you can still sense some... Um, the, the tension and the consternation between Rhaenyra and Alicent. So, instead of just handing the baby off to somebody. She basically has the umbilical cord cut off and is dispensing afterbirth from herself as she's carrying the baby upstairs. Lenor comes to help her. You see they're still married after the ending of season five. The the, not the impromptu, but the... The rushed wedding after the maroon wedding celebration. And so, as you see, she's got about like a two, like a couple minute walk up a bunch of stairs right after giving childbirth. So, um, you know, and this was the first shot we see. They encounter Kristen Cole, Sir Christian Cole, you know, still in service 10 years after beating Joffrey Long bottom not long bottom um long to death 
apparently you can remain a Kinsguard after murdering somebody. So, I mean, we've seen it before with Kingslayer and other stuff, but, um, you know, Christian Cole's now in Alicent's service, and you see Lenore and Rhaenyra has to see him pretty much every day. And later on, we'll see he still is harboring tons of resentment towards uh, Rhaenyra, even after 10 years. So, um, basically, you know, they go in, see the queen, we see Viserys looking god-awful. I don't know how he survived this 10-year time jump. Um, basically... I don't think he's going to be here with us for much longer. He he looks really bad. Um, the queen asks what the name is, and Lainor promptly jumps up and says Joffrey after uh, the what Prince of Kisses, his his lover that Christian Cole bashed in. Um, and we we quickly determine it doesn't take. A lot of, um, if you watch like the what's to come from last week, it doesn't take a lot to figure out what Allison's doing. She's wants to see the baby and she basically is checking for the color of his hair. Um, so she pulls his hair back and sees, or pulls the, the head covering back and sees, you know, brown hair. And we later see that. We'll talk more about it there, but Rhaenyra already has two sons with brown hair. Um, so we'll talk about that more in a second. But uh, Viserys is asking how the childbirth was. And I don't know. I love when they use the C word. Um, it's an underutilized word in the in the U.S., but... Uh, Rhaenyra says, I think I called the midwife a cunt, so that made me laugh a little bit. Um, but why he's talking, <laughs> Allison's talking to uh, Lenor and basically just talking shit because she knows that he's not the father, and she basically just says, Maybe one day one of the kids will look like you. Um, so I don't think it's a big secret of his sexual orientation and that at least Alicent realizes what's going on with the children that Rainier is having. Um, so we see them exit out of the room and I just notice like the attention to detail. There's like just a blood snail trail blood falling Rainier out of the room uh, because she just literally gave birth like 10 minutes before. So um, we then they go back to their their room, their place, and you see the two older kids. Um, and you also see Sir Harwin Strong, who's now the commander of the City Watch, in there with the two boys and the boys names are um uh jace and luke or uh jaceris 
and Lucerus, but they go by Jace and Luke. Um, and they're hanging out with uh, Sir Harwin Strong. And, you know, Rhaenyra's like, hey, you want to see the baby? And he's holding the baby, and uh, everybody, well, the three adults in the room know what's going on. The three kids don't necessarily. Um, then they go to the, or they show, they already have picked out a dragon egg for uh, baby Joffrey. And then I think Harwin takes them to Dragon Pit, and you see them. Um, with uh, with uh, their with Viserys's kids. Now you have um, a uh, Aegon, who's the oldest one, and you see he has a dragon named Sunfire. Amond has no dragon. Um, but they're in the dragon pit, and you see the oldest, Jace, has a dragon, and he's basically training it, or they're trying to train it. He, they bring out a lamb. He says Dracarys, and Dracarys, and it fries the sheep or lamb and eats it. So um, it was... You you see the all the well the boys at least because you don't see Helena the the daughter there but um, also Aemon doesn't have a dragon yet um, there's also we get our first look at grown up Aegon uh, by seeing him standing outside uh, jerking off. Um, <laughs> uh, onto the city. Basically, Alicent catches catches him, but you know she's just more worried about Rhaenyra's bloodline than than her own kid jerking it onto the city. So um, we see he's kind of they're having a conversation about. How he's the challenger of the throne, but it doesn't seem like he's really that interested. He's kind of just a horny teen at the moment. Um, we definitely get some more triarchy. Uh, triarchy pops up again in this episode. We cut over to Damon and uh, Lena, and they're in Pentos. And they're basically living as, like, freelance mercenaries. Um, now they're traveling around. They're actually in Pentos. Um, and they're entertaining somebody, wanting them to use their dragons to uh, protect them against a um, triarchy. We see that Damon and Lenora, or Elena, have a daughter. They have two daughters, actually. Um... One has a dragon, uh, and one dragon egg hasn't hatched yet. So we're starting to see more dragons, more dragons, potential dragons coming to play. 
throughout both of the, all of these houses here. Um, we see too that now while we're on the triarchy, um, they basically have an alliance with Dorn, which is interesting. And Christian Cole's from Dorn, but the Dornish, um, you know, typically remained outside of the Seven Kingdoms. Uh, but now they have some kind of alliance with the Triarchy, which seems concerning. Um, and we get some we get some training montages, well, not really montages, but uh, some some night training in this episode. Uh, and as I'm saying, you know, they're in this like the training area, and Viserys and Lionel Strong are up. Um, just watching uh, Lionel Strong's hand. Um, it's just they're just watching the training. Christian Cole's training him. You know he's paying a lot more attention to um, Viserys's two kids, the two boys, Aegon and Amond, versus Rhaenyra's two kids, Jace and Luke. And I didn't mention it before, but the Rhaenyra's two kids are from Harwin Strong, um, and it seems that Alicent knows, and the Strongs obviously know, and Rhaenyra. And Viserys kind of acts like he doesn't know, or he's ignorant to it, or not wanting to realize it. Um, but he just seems oblivious. But sitting up there watching the training, I don't know, it just he just looks awful still. But um, Cole's paying more attention to Viserys' boys and kind of tossing around the younger, smaller um, Rhaenyra's kids. You see, Harwin doesn't really like... Harwin is also, like, kind of paying attention. Um, and basically, they decide to pit Aegon and... Um, Jace up against each other, and Christian Coles kind of like really pushing Aegon to whip Jace's ass, but Jace holds his own, and um, you know fights back pretty well. But then, kind of in the end, Aegon used some shifty tactics. He kicks him down, and um, Harwin steps in. And kind of shuts it down. And Cole is, or he's basically tells Cole to pay attention to Rhaenyra's kids. And Cole's just like egging him on, saying, "Oh well." It's like you care, you know, wouldn't be saying this. You know, you would expect this if they were like uh, your brother, your nieces or, or or nephews sorry or your sons and that leads harwin to attack christian cole and beat the shit out of him and that basically just highlights to people that those are his kids and which leads to some things down the road here um after after this, um, you know, they're at a small council meeting, 
and Rhaenyra, realizing what's happened, throws out kind of a Hail Mary offering. One, you know, to Alicent and Viserys, I mean Viserys, to uh, unite the houses, like, apologizes for any strife that she's, or her family's caused, and wishes they were friends again. And she proposes marriage of Jace to Helena, uh, offers Aemon a dragon egg, and basically Alicent just brushes it off. And says, oh, we'll take it under consideration. Come on, king, let's go. Um, <laughs> you're looking dead and tired. So, you then, you know, Lionel Strong realizing um, what's happened. You know, he has a conversation with Harwin, Alice, or not Alice, and uh, Rhaenyra over here is... I think that's before the small council meeting. That's why, um, yeah, this is before the small council where Rhaenyra overhears Harwin and, and Lionel Strong, the hand, talking and basically saying the jig is up. Everybody's going to know after what you did, and that prompts Rhaenyra to do what she did at the small council. Um, basically... This kind of forces, um, well, we know that Harwin's been kind of kicked out of uh, the, being the commander of the City Watch. And this also leads Lionel Strong to resign, to try and resign as the Hand of the King. But they're, the King won't let him unless he tells him why, but... Lionel can't do that or won't do that, so the king won't let him resign. But he does let um, Harwin and Lionel travel to Harrenhal um, to get Harwin established um, to take over, basically, you know, um, at Harrenhal. And... <clears throat> This leads Allison to um, Allison. As we see, she's been convening with Lara Strong, and that started at the end of that started in episode five. You know, ten years ago. So we can only assume that they've been counseling together um, for the last ten years. Laris gives me kind of a mixture of Littlefinger, uh, Varys, Tywin. He's got a lot of different qualities in him. But, you know, Allison is basically saying she doesn't have any allies and that she misses her dad as hand uh, because he offers um, unbiased advice. And uh, Laris is basically like, uh, no, your dad's not offering unbiased advice. And she's like, yeah, but it's biased. It's, but it's biased for me. Like, I want, you know, someone supporting me. And so that kind of leads um, Allison, or that kind of leads Lair's scheming here. And he's kind of like, um, 
from what I've read, he's kind of like makes people talk in the books. He's like the, I don't say the executioner, but he gets people to confess. King of Confessions, I think it is. And so he goes down to the jail. Uh, and Mike and I talked about it last time. We thought maybe that was uh, Harwin in there or um, Reciphons as uh, Otto Hightower. It was hard to tell in the scenes on, but really it's just three criminals, like a murderer, uh, like two other people that were set to be executed. And so Laris makes a deal with them. And basically it's, hey, we won't execute you if you do this for me, but I have to cut out your tongues to keep you silent. So they basically cut out their tongues. And before we get to what happens there, we cut back to um, Pentos and uh, Lena is giving birth um, in a weird position, um, kind of like laying on her stomach facing forward, you know, different than what we see Rhaenyra in traditional childbirth. Um, But basically the baby won't come out. It's kind of gives back Emma and Viserys vibes. Um, they basically offer da- they come to Damon and say the same choice as like, went to Viserys when Emma was giving birth and to the uh, king for a day. And Damon doesn't do it. He kind of, you know, they're like, we can cut into it, but we don't know if anybody will survive. And he shakes his head no, but he doesn't say anything out loud, but he does a subtle shake no. But Lena knows she's in trouble. She says to Damon earlier in, in the show that she didn't want to die a like a death of a fat, rich person like sitting in the countryside, that she wants to die a dragon rider's death. So she takes it upon herself to go out and commit suicide by dragon, which she's writing Vagor. Vega. Not Vagor. Vega. Who's like the oldest dragon in the show. And I think said multiple writers before. Um, she's saying Dracarys. And you could tell Vagar is a little confused. And kind of if dragons have feelings. He's catching feelings like you're my rider. Like I'm not going to flame you to death. And I think finally he catches on that she's in pain. She wants to do this and is going to die. And she, uh, Vagar, roasts uh, Lena to death. So, um, and and, uh, I think Damon in this episode is real interesting because he he really likes being this... um, well, I think he kind of likes it. He likes going around and not having responsibilities, just, you know, doing dragon shit and getting paid for it by randos to help them out. And, but he treats his wife pretty well, a lot better than, he treats Lena a lot better than um, the Vale wife that 
he murdered with a rock last episode after he forced the horse to buck her off. Um, so it seems like they've had a good 10 years and they have two children. Um, and he seems to really care. And I wonder how this death's going to affect him. Um, you know, she wanted to go back to Dragonstone, uh, to Driftmark, and not Dragonstone, sorry, to Driftmark to their home, to Valeria, the Valerians. Um, but, and we go back to King's Landing, and, uh, Harwin Strong is saying goodbyes to the boys and to Rhaenyra. Can't really get too emotional. They're kind of saying it with their eyes because the boys don't know that it's dad. Um, but Jace is getting old enough to catch on, and he basically asks, am I a bastard? And Rhaenyra says, no, you're a Targaryen. So, um, but I think Jace will catch on. But I don't think it's going to matter much because, um, you know, we saw him, the, the three guys Laris let out of prison um, they're now wearing, like, brooches. They've got on, like, uh, Damon. They borrowed Damon's outfit from when he killed his wife. His uh, Ewan McGregor Obi-Wan Kenobi outfit uh, has um, little B symbols, which I guess is is a symbol that's on Laris's cane. I don't know if that's his symbol or a mark of their house. Um, and... He basically goes, they go to Harrenhal, and they go to Harrenhal and start a fire, and they basically burn Harwin and Lionel Strong to death. So, pretty gutsy ballsy move of Laris uh, killed his brother and his dad um, and we'll see what repercussions that has at some point um, you know we do see at the very end um, Laris is back telling Allison what he did she's seems freaked out and appalled like I didn't ask for that He's like, well, yeah, you did, basically, and, you know, like, hey, can you tell your dad, and you guys, like, will take care of me. And I think, you know, it'll be interesting, because I think, I don't see how it'll have, um, I don't think this will lead to Otto coming back as a hand, because I don't think Viserys will allow that, because of what happened before. We'll see who will be the hand of the king now uh, that Lionel permanently resigned from his mortal coil and it's not going to be hand anymore. Um, interesting voiceover by Laris. Um, basically says, love stays the hand. Love is a downfall. Um... And he basically changes the game here. Um, so I think now, and one other thing in the episode, 
So I've read some different things in this, but there, Viserys is in his room, and a rat is crawling uh, across like the fireplace, and in um, in there's some theories out there that um, there's somebody that's a green seer, like kind of like what Bran was in in Game of Thrones, where they can like warg into animals and other things. So, is that rat like you know being warged into and spying on the king? But that's remains that you see but look for the rat it's been in like the last like two or three episodes or it could just be like a um kind of a false flag to throw you off but be interesting to see what that is so um but yeah now you know we've had that big jump we're 10 10 years in the future we have uh, Rhaenyra has three kids, Jace, Luke, and Joffrey. Alicent has, um, Aegon, Amon, and Helena. Uh, so the queen has three kids, the princess has three kids. The princess, Ray, uh, Rhaenyra is still in line for the throne, so nothing's changed there. Um, I'm kind of disappointed. Well, I'd say disappointed because it's a really good episode, but I would almost have loved to have this season be like leading up to this point. Like maybe have this episode instead of the second pilot, like midway through at the halfway point of season one, have this be the start of season two. But because it feels like we're just we've jumped so much i think we're like almost like 14 years into the future from where we started this could have been a great season two but i'm not sure they could have carried five more episodes with that 10 years so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out but now you have things cleared up for certain people you know Damon, who's now lost two wives, he's killed one, the other one's killed herself. Uh, Rhaenyra's baby daddy is now dead as well. It looks like everybody's going to be going over to Driftmark um, for Lena's funeral, so we'll probably see Damon and Rhaenyra um, rekindle something at some point, I would think. Because I know, I mean, Joffrey is, I mean, not Joffrey, um, Lenor is, is just, you know, a token husband. So we'll, we'll have all them, we'll have at least, we should have the Valerians and um, Rhaenyra is good, was good friends with Lena. Um, but she's also fleeing what well, we saw at the end, too, that she's fleeing her and Lenor and the kids and Lenor's uh, sword fighting lover. 
they're flee. They're gonna flee the city at the end. They know. Lenor says something to Rhaenyra um, in this episode. Something to the fact that smart sailors like sail away before the storm comes or avoid the storm. And then she says it back to him at the end because she knows that what's coming. Now that the Strongs are... Well, she doesn't know the Strongs are dead yet, but she knows the writing's on the wall that it's going to get out that those three kids are bastards. And um, you saw what happened in Game of Thrones whenever um, Cersei's three kids, Joffrey, Tommen... um, uh, forgetting the third, they were all blonde hair. They were all Jamie's kids, and but not Robert Baratheon's. But the realm doesn't want bastards to lead. Um, they're fine with everybody having bastards because apparently that's what just have kids with random people all the time, um, at least in like positions of power and money in this series, but. Um, the realm will pre- prevent it from happening. So I think Allison and uh, Larish Strong are going to be continuing down that path of outing Rhaenyra and her kids. So they're going to go. We'll see where I'm. Um, how now we have the forces that'll be at Driftmark. And then we have the sides lining up with Alicent and Viserys uh, with the Strongs. So, um, just some fun things in this episode, too. Like, we heard uh, them mentioned in the the council meeting, the Tullys of River Run, um, which... Um, was fun to see uh, I think that was the first mention maybe that I remember at least from this season but the Tullys um, you know were one of the houses in Game of Thrones so um, interesting to see Christian Cole still like you know he had sex with Rhaenyra like one time and fell in love and she's like I just want you to be my whore and he pouted about it. And 10 years later, he is still pissed off about it. And I don't know. I would think, like, <laughs> you know, you go out with somebody on one date and hook up. Like, 10 years later, you may not be bitter if she broke up with you or he broke up with you. But I could be wrong. Um, but I thought it was interesting that he still, like, in love or upset or whatever. So, um, I thought that was an interesting take. And also just Alicent and Rhaenyra's, like they didn't resolve anything or they didn't talk for 10 years while they've been living in the same place. So there's a couple nits to pick, but I mean, this was like, like an hour and 10 minute episode. So I think it was the longest one of the season. 
is basically, I was calling it the second pilot, because it really, it's like the start, it's almost like an AMC show that has like a fall and a spring, because it's almost, now he has a second half, so that could have been, honestly, that could have been like the start of the series, um, but I am going to miss uh, Millie Alcock and um, the younger Allison and the younger Lenore uh, Lenore, and we didn't get much of him, but um, it could have been fun to have them for like a whole season instead of five episodes. So, but a good, a really good episode. And Olivia Clark, who plays the the Allison in this episode and going forward, uh, I forgot she was in Slow Horses. You, Mike, and I have talked about that. She's really good in Slow Horses, and she was also in Ready Player One, which. I forgot all about too. Um, not as great in there. She was okay, but in Slow Horses, I thought she was really good. So, uh, but I think that's most of my thoughts for this. So, um, you know, let me email me or uh, hit me up on Instagram if you guys have anything to contribute or have any questions on the episode or if I missed something glaringly because I took a lot of notes on this one and you know I wanted to make a quickie but it's really we're almost at 40 minutes so it's not that quick <laughs> but it was a lot of major things happened in this episode so I thought we'd get together and talk about it and uh, throw something out there for you guys uh, so we'll be back on Friday I have a special guest um, re- recorded with me uh, with while Mike is uh, on his honeymoon and uh, you'll want to tune in and listen because that'll be a fun episode uh, I'll be joined by my son Dylan who has some TV and film background and we had a good time recording and actually Mike, I, and him recorded an episode that will be release next Friday on October whatever the 6th I think um, where we talk about a couple of things he's actually filmed so join us the next couple weeks I'll um, we may do another special edition of Andor this week or next and we'll probably do I'll probably do another hot D quickie uh, next week for episode seven before Mike gets back on the 10th. So, uh, thank you guys for listening. As always, you can hear us on, um, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google pod, um, any of the podcast networks. You can email us at can we kick a pod one at gmail.com. Check us out on our Instagram page. Can we kick it pod? Uh, I'll put up some polls about what you thought about the time jump and um, check out our website at kickinitmedia.com. Beep, beep.